look what oh. you brought back for today's episode, Benny. Are you starting a fire? Uh, next to my mouth on a joint. <laughs> JP, please play five seconds of We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of what's a funnier fire song, the Bill, that Billy Joel song, or uh, the Bruce Springsteen one. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I think so. Yeah, this. <laughs> Can't start a fire without a spark. <laughs> yeah. do, 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 do. Dancing in the dark. That's the name. Of that. JP, you don't need to play five seconds of that. I think I just nailed it. So <laughs> I think our listeners got it. All right, good. Thank you. I, I feel like the way you sang that song makes it clear you're not a, a Bruce Springsteen fan, Jay. No, I am a Bruce Springsteen fan. Oh, good. I just that song just blanked on on me a little. I, I listen to more than just Wu Tang Clan. I've heard, and I've heard uh, Bruce Springsteen is one of the best live performers in in music history. So I've, I've always wanted to see Bruce live. And also, even if you don't love uh, Bruce's, aka the Boss's music, I feel like he's always been like a good advocate for like younger musicians coming up. Um, I don't have a ton of examples of that, but I've just I've seen him on social media and on TV and at award shows, like talking about young musicians and emerging artists and things like that. So he's he's not the OK Boomer of the OK Boomer generation of musicians. Not to take you uh, listeners away from listening to our podcast, but he has a great podcast with uh, President Obama. I think it's called Made in America or I've, Born, I've heard, Born in the USA. Him. <laughs> something like that is it, no it's called like renegades or something isn't it oh, it is called renegades yep so not anything like what i said on either of the two belligerent <laughs> belligerent belligerent bees barack and bruce <laughs> they drink right. on their podcast too <laughs> they do i tried so hard to find the name of my beer for tonight um well, I tried to search for it in Untapped, and I could not find it. And then I realized it's really part part of the name is the um, the artwork, and I couldn't okay. really I couldn't really tell uh, what the artwork was. So I'm just searching for like the written part of it, and it took me far longer than I'd like to admit to finally find the beer because I actually just scanned the barcode. Okay, my beer tonight's kind of obvious, but I do have a few beer shoutouts to make. But we're gonna wait to get into the beer segment until we're joined by. Uh, drum roll, pre drum roll, please drum drum roll, please. Um, <laughs> Beaver Blitzes and damn podcast own Carter Baines, Carter, who seemingly is at every single Oregon State sporting event, will be joining us momentarily. And Carter wants in on the uh, on the episode toast, so we're not going to toast until Carter gets here. All right, then we'll wait. Then we'll we'll wait. We're waiting for Carter, but this is a. Uh, fun recording because this is the first time that multiple of us have been traveling while recording this so we have different microphones uh different internet so i hope it all goes well but uh jp is in sonoma yeah while benny is still in tacoma um <laughs> and i am in a i'm in a city that doesn't fit that rhyme scheme I'm oh in that makes me so mad i was really <laughs> looking right. forward to that uh, but yeah, th- I've like we're now three full uh, hours apart from each other. We're officially bicoastal, 
and <laughs> I have my I have my normal microphone with me, but it's usually attached to a stand that keeps it in place. That is uh, weighs a metric ton, and somehow you look like a news reporter. I know I'm I'm, I'm I'm holding my microphone with my fist. So, uh, listener, I'm sorry if I go in and out over the course of uh, this episode. I'm trying to keep it in place. Hey, you're like the Fre- the podcast version of Freddie Mercury right now. <laughs> hey, Pasha, it's, it is t- past 10 p.m. here on the East Coast, and I really don't want to get a noise complaint for podcasting. I I feel like these walls are fairly thin at at this Philadelphia Marriott. Uh, shout out Marriott. This has been my home for this will be my fifth night here and I am ready to get the fuck home. <laughs> but <laughs> it's been as lovely of a stay as possible for that duration of time. You've been so MIA on the on the group chat. I've just been busy. Anytime anytime I don't text constantly, you're like, Terry, what's wrong? Who hurt you? Where are yeah, you? I'm worried about you. Yeah, I was like, I'm just I'm at a con I was, you know, standing up. I was talking about the under review part of uh representing your intellectual property a lot of people were commenting on how cool the logo is and i was giving uh nice. giving you props yeah thank you so, did they yeah, like your was, shirt by the way they did like my shirt i only wore it the first day of the conference because i didn't want it to get gross and now it's the only shirt I, I'm, I'm out of clean shirts <laughs> but <laughs> it's not that unclean <laughs> um but yeah it got it got a lot of it got a lot of compliments early early on so let me see it. I don't. I don't think I've seen. So it it has the under review logo here and the secondary logo here, and it says, nice. "I love this Meg in the same font and design as the uh, '90s NBA Jam." I love this game campaign. Yeah, which is uh, fitting because we are a sports themed literary journal, and this was. Uh, we've been at a couple festivals now, a couple of different writing festivals now, and this was one where I could truly feel like a, like not necessarily like a tide turning but we're finding more and more people who are like oh like this excites me like i don't see this every day um sometimes you run into like <clears throat> 70 year old people who don't care about not you can care about sports in your 70s not to be ageist but uh typical 70 year old poets in in the <laughs> six whatever age <laughs> poppy ages 60 plus uh, who are at like poetry conventions? I'll be like, yeah, it's this online journal. We do these, this, this, and this, art, artful, and whatever with a theme on. And then I say sports, and they go, I don't like sports. I don't think it's <laughs> artful. And I'm like, here's all the way it can be artful. Perhaps you read about us in Best American Essays, motherfucker. Yeah, um, damn right. <laughs> damn right. So uh, check out the under review at under review, you under review lit on your social media channels and under review lit.com. It's a, it's a great, great literary journal. JP made the logo and the logo looks great. And this shirt looks great. The logo does look great. And the shirt does look great. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah. JP, you are also not in Portland where you normally are. What, what's your situation right now? Yeah, I'm in Sonoma, Sonoma, California, just uh, in the heart of wine country. I'm looking out now at the nice rolling hills. We've got some, uh, some rain on the way, actually, even though they had like high 80s here all week until I arrived. Okay. But uh, we're here celebrating my sister's 30th birthday. Happy so. birthday, Aaron Bertram. Happy birthday to Aaron. And you, and you uh, as a good, as the good big brother you are, always looking out for her, guiding her, protecting her from harm, 
in your true brotherly fashion, you iced her for her 30th birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Brought back. Is, is your drink tonight at Smirnoff Ice? <laughs> no, no. We're saving this for extra... her. There we so go. So we, we went we to go. go. Last night we went to the store to buy um, one. <laughs> and they didn't sell just one Smirnoff Ice. So <laughs> we bought a six pack. And now she's on high alert in, in every room she walks into. I got her oh, good. I put it. I put it in good. her boot. It was actually like ten thirty this morning. I put it in her boot that she was wearing to go wine tasting, and she was getting ready in the other room and came back in the room. I'm, to put I'm on the, so boot. happy she didn't like stab her big toe on like the ridges of the bottle <laughs> cap and like have to go to the hospital. To it was sticking out of the boot. It was okay. okay. Yeah. There you go. That still doesn't beat not to like the when. The way you iced me when we were living together. I talked about this today. Because we couldn't, we had a door. It wasn't like tinted windows, but like just at no, at no point in the day could you actually see through the window. Just the way. And even, it was also like a hard I, left into the living room. Like you it was a hard left into right. the living room. And JP, in, in the height of the bros, icing bros, I'll call it this, an epidemic. The bros, icing bros, <laughs> epidemic. <laughs> was able to tie a string from the top of the ceiling into the living room, fastened a Smirnoff ice to it so that when I opened the door and took a hard left, I almost hit my head on a floating Smirnoff ice. Yep. <laughs> I actually, I, I nailed, I nailed a ribbon to the ceiling. Right. Uh, like, yeah. Of all things, it was a ribbon that I nailed with a giant nail. Not a very have, like... long ribbon either. It was like a leftover Christmas ribbon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and honestly, the nail I had was one of those like huge like uh, wood nails. It wasn't even like a picture nail. So I put a massive hole in the ceiling. But just it was to worth ice it. You. It was worth it. Did you ended up having to get like build for that when you're? When your dad sold the house, did he have to get somebody to come <laughs> st- stucco hole. that? Yeah. No. No. Fortunately for me, uh, he didn't know about that until today. I, I actually told that story today. So. Um, Good. Yeah. It's a great story. Yeah. You were, and I, you... I got on video. It was like early days of video. I somehow, I think I had an iPhone 4. and I <laughs> The early days of video. <laughs> it was one of the first silent films ever. <laughs> <laughs> Me just walking in with a backward twin set, all confused. And, <laughs> and a North Face zip up. That's right. Yep. That was my yeah. uniform for a good chunk of time there. On it's because I stole all of his other clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was the reason. That would be a nice excuse. <laughs> nice. Well, Benny, how are you? You're at home. You didn't travel this weekend. or this No. Week. Yeah, I was thinking about that. In the last two weeks, all of us have have traveled to out-of-state trips because i was well, going you've last been week, traveling right? like crazy and now you're the you're the one holding down the home front yeah it was nice uh got to have a very relaxing weekend um which was uh overdue so that was it was awesome watched a lot of basketball um watched a lot of well not a lot of but some soccer so i was in heaven yeah uh yeah. your united states men's national team and yours basically and yours and I yours and ours all of ours uh you know oregon state universities in the corvallis oregon the paris of the pacific northwest as we've discussed which is also located it's not paris though it's the paris of the pacific northwest which is located in the united states of america looks like we're going to the world cup 
technically could still finish fourth with a one-game playoff, but they'd have to lose six to nothing to Costa Rica in Costa Rica, which is a place we've never won a World Cup qualifier. But if we lost six zero, uh, it would that we deserve to not go to the World Cup. Exactly. There would have to be a lot of really, really catastrophic things to happen for, for, for that to happen. So it was, a, it was a good result today. Looking forward to the World Cup. Um, it's going to be weird to watch in winter this year, but... Um, yeah. That is but, weird. Yeah. Well, well you can't... It's, if they played it in summer, it would be like 115 degrees during the games. One of in, many reasons it shouldn't be in Qatar. Yeah. What, one of many. Yeah. For hey, sure. speaking of catastrophic, uh, I want to pour one out in you know, memorial of a uh, dear friend of mine who passed away a year ago this past Thursday. Um, his Twitter handle was uh, Terry Horsebot, who <laughs> had, a, had a, a full life of three hours until he was banned from Twitter from being reported as a fake account by none other than the man sitting across from me today who murdered... Murdered how, Terry Horsebot. How dare you? I I'll never sent, forget you, Terry Horsebot. Before uh, I reported me. Terry Horsebot to Twitter, <laughs> I sent it to you, and you told me to report it. Because I was like, there's one person who would think this is funny, <laughs> and that person is you. And my intuition was right. It was you, and you denied it being you. So I was like, oh, this is weird. They were too fast. I was going to tell you yeah, I was man. kidding. And it literally, like, instantaneously banned me. Yeah. I still have it in my Twitter app. It still shows up as, like, a selectable account. Talk, talk I, about what Terry Horsebot was, though, because it wasn't an account just pretending to be me. No. It was, like, a mashup account. Yeah. So I found this, like, service that you could put somebody's Twitter handle in, and it would be, like, it was called, like, My Next Tweet or something. And so I put Terry's Twitter handle in and then <laughs> set up like a macro on my MacBook where I'd like press a keyboard shortcut and it would go to mynexttweet.com or something, put Terry's handle in, hit generate, and then it would mash up all of his prior tweets into this most incoherent tweet of all time. And then it would send it off for me uh, to ter from Terry Horsebot. And some of them are really, really funny. And that's kind of why I miss them so much. But um, most of them didn't make sense. No. Do you have any examples of the funny ones pulled up? I don't. I can't find them. I just have my, <laughs> my in memoriam uh, tweet. And then I have a video of me uh, making a tweet. Let me see if I can pause it in the middle of this one. Because it's a video showing... That could be my next tweet or something. Yes, that can be. Dot. Okay, this is, I walked so goddamn nervous in any time a stunning publication. Yes, get it. Thank God. Hope there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and did Terry find this naturally? I think I followed Terry. <laughs> JP's so, yeah. pranks are so elaborate and well-constructed. <laughs> I give you props every single time. I had a, a stalker, like <laughs> an identical, very drunk, weird stalker. <laughs> That's just Which you. I think all of us would report. I think you're right, but it was really funny. 
Yeah, that you got a, a afternoon's worth of chuckles out of that one, JP. <laughs> so I, yeah, not even an afternoon. Three solid hours before it was gone, which is which was the saddest you part. You should have told me to record I, it. You should have been like, wait, a, you could, if you had told me like, well, let's see what he tweets next. <laughs> I would have been like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what if it like mashed it together and like unintentionally put like a really offensive tweet together? It's not you. It's a bot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's going to hold up in the court of public opinion. <laughs> it's most of my name and my real face, even though I couldn't control it whatsoever. This is this is by far, far and away the most entertaining form of identity theft I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know what's not identity theft, though? We are actually now on TikTok. That is not an impersonation. That is That is us. true. That's a we real account. That's a real yeah. account. Tell us a little bit more about that. I don't know how to use TikTok. I don't know anything about TikTok. Yeah. I was able to make it say, go Peacocks, in like that girl, weird girl computer voice, which was really exciting. But uh, other than that, <laughs> Uh, We're just, all in our 30s, and our fake yeah. social media intern is in his 50s. So we have no, no idea. How that I don't but know. Somehow I, we're getting followers and a lot of views, which I guess is normal on TikTok. But you should go find us on TikTok. It's is really it? fun. Yeah, it's getting good. Are views. we at belligerent beeves on TikTok? Yeah, at, I think it, I think the at still works on TikTok. Yeah, it is. It's TikTok.com/slash belligerent okay. at belligerent beefs, or just find us at belligerent beefs in the app. For that, you know, TikTok is really great with its um, browser-based version. So shout oh, out to it? TikTok. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't nice. use TikTok, but it's kind of fun. And I listen, I'm going to play the Go Peacocks one now because it's just I can hear it. It's just so good. I wonder if I can play the sound on here. Let me see if I can share my sound. That would be. You should be able to. You might need to share your screen, too, to share the audio as well. But right. when you share your screen, you should be able to share audio. Okay, so there's my screen, right? There it is. And I share the sound. It's going to be super loud, I feel like. So oh. I'll, I'll turn it down so no one's ears blow off. Ready? Yes. Go Peacocks. <laughs> hey, it didn't sound as robot-y as I thought it was going to. I know, but it does sound cool. It's like the TikTok voice. Is that the TikTok voice? Why does my that. dog do this? It's like, it, you know, it's just... Every single TikTok has that. No one talks in TikTok. They just use that woman's voice. Oh, really? Yeah. That's not what true. I see TikToks for people talk. Well, what kind of TikToks are you watching, man? I don't know. Yeah. The ones people send me who are on TikTok because I'm not on TikTok. That is our, most, like, that is our most viewed TikTok was that one I just played. Do we have other... Do we have more views on that TikTok than listeners of our most listened to episode? <laughs> don't yeah. say actual numbers, but yes, really. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> Oh nice. my god. I think we need to shift gears. We need to shift gears and shift ages and be other people. We should talk about this off off air though. We should talk about this because maybe we might want to do that. Okay, not tonight because I'm on Eastern time, which makes it way later. This That's would not right. well, work. If I actually lived out here, this would we wouldn't have a podcast. Yeah. We'd be well, we'd, we'd no. be like going out at this time in college. That makes yeah. me feel old. No, no, that no. Was... Not for us, Benny. <laughs> we would not be going out for us at this time of night. Yeah, we'd be eating dinner at this time. No, on... at Terry's time. Yeah. yeah, we'd still be eating dinner, dude. We would go to like Sancho's at midnight. 
Like we were we'd, literally like, we're not going to vote before midnight. We'd be waiting on a piece no, of pipeline going, delivery uh, maybe at home. on a deal that we didn't actually have. We'd be, <laughs> we'd know. call Pizza Pipeline, say we had coupons for the two pizza, two large <laughs> yeah. pizza, two two soda, uh, with the souvenir cup special, and they wouldn't check upon delivery. And we'd just be like, cool. And we'd pay the actual coupon price. <laughs> I don't know if those coupons ever existed, yeah. but we said we had them well, for yeah. a long time. And you gotta a lot fake of fake it to make it. We, yeah, we, the, the townhouse boys got really excited when we got to the point where we could play full beer pong games with just pizza pipeline cups. That's amazing. <laughs> they, were, they were really tall and narrow. It's a totally different game. Bouncing got real hard. <laughs> I've told the story, I think, but like when, when I was a freshman, we would get um, Pizza Pipeline Colossus pizzas delivered, and they were so big, right? You had to tilt it to fit it in the doorway of your dorm. Yeah. And it the actually Colossus was like the crazy. It was a perfect size to, if you lofted your bed, right? It was a which I did. It was a perfect size to sleep on instead no, of your it, bed. <laughs> it was a perfect, a perfect headboard. It like pinned perfectly from the ceiling to the top of the bed frame. So you had like a pizza. It was gross because there was still remnants of like cheese. Of course it was gross. <laughs> Just you, the did you outline actually, of where the pizza used to be? Did you actually <laughs> use Colossus pizza boxes as a headboard in college for yeah. more than one night? Yeah. Jesus. It's more so I kind of oh. forgot it was there. No wonder you need yeah. keeps. <laughs> <laughs> Check Dude, out I... Keeps, listeners. Uh, an unofficial sponsor of the Belligerent Beeves podcast. Use yeah. <laughs> promo code Belligerent at checkout for zero percent off. Just get on Keeps. It's a good for uh, this discount code does not exist. Error. <laughs> yeah. If you also used a pizza box as a headboard as a freshman at Oregon State, <laughs> you may also have a receding hairline <laughs> from decades worth of. Grease stained cardboard just seeping <laughs> into the crown of your head. <laughs> wow. That, when you said the P Colossus is where the perfect size, I did not think for a headboard was the end of that sentence. Well, we they were on the ground for like a long time too. And this doesn't make the story any better. I'm did you think that, yeah, I was like, did you think that was helping? <laughs> Dude, have you guys ever ran into a, a, a place to, or seen a pizza that is as large as Pizza Pipeline without being like a novelty pizza? No. Like the, well, that was I their novelty. But like, but it was novelty, but it got of. ordered a lot. A right. Lot, yeah. Right. I don't know. We may want to ask our incoming guests uh, who currently lives in Corvallis, a.k.a. the Paris of the Pacific Northwest, home of Oregon State University, the Harvard of the Pac-12. It is Beaver Blitzes and the Dom, Dan Podcast Zone, Carter Baines. Carter Baines! Yeah, yeah! What's up? How's it going, guys? Pretty good. How are you doing? Not too bad. I uh, just got back from a run, so my face is all red, but... <laughs> That's all right. Our faces <laughs> are also all red, but uh, not because we were just running. <laughs> For different <laughs> reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, you are, are just in time uh, to join us. Uh, welcome again to uh, the 41st episode of the Belligerent Beavs podcast to, to our listeners and also to our guests for this episode uh, from BeaverBlitz.com and the damn podcast. Uh, Carter Baines. Carter is covering 
everything Oregon State right now. It kind of feels like I don't I don't know how you sleep, Carter. With even though it's like a dead time, <laughs> it's like there's 19 sports happening right now, and that's considered the dead time. So yeah, um, it's uh, it very quickly becomes like my busiest time of year. You know, football season is is the driver for us, but um, I I right. do actually get to sleep during football season. But that crossover in like February and March, where you've got men's basketball entering the postseason, um, you've got you know baseball starting up, and then spring football is like, right. it, like it literally is chaos. Um, sometimes I don't even know how I do it, to be honest. <laughs> For sure. Well, you are doing a great job. Um, <laughs> check out all of Carter's work uh, at Beaver Blitz and on the Damn Podcast. Um, Definitely Dan Podcast Live on on YouTube, uh, which you guys, you and Angie Machado, the great Angie Machado, are doing weekly now. Uh, another podcast that uh, likes to uh, enjoy its uh, live ba- libations while <laughs> podcasting. Um, so, Carter, you are just in time for the drink segment, and uh, we'll we'll have you go last so that you can can prepare um, whatever whatever your uh, whatever you got on tap uh, for for tonight. Um, JP from the heart of wine country. I don't know if you're going with wine tonight or if you have another beer or uh, an unscannable beer on the untapped app, but uh, tell us a little bit about what's uh, keeping you nice and perky this uh, Sunday evening, Jay. I'm sticking with the IPAs, but I'm going local. Shocking. Yeah, this is a 21st Amendment brewery, which is uh, based in San Francisco, so just a little south of where I'm at currently. I picked this out for a reason, and it all, it's just like, you know, the stars aligned. And this is the anniversary IPA because do you remember what happened one year ago tonight? Uh, was this what we were talking about beforehand when you made a fake Twitter account of me? And no, I- that was a different, that was a different anniversary. <laughs> How many anniversaries are on March 27th? I, I can th- I can think of one. I can think of one. One year ago tonight, oh. we uh, we beat Loyola Chicago and clinched a spot in the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament. Yep. So cheers to that. Uh, better times. Cheers. And today yeah. we played in the Elite Eight of the uh, women's NIT. So basically, back to back Elite Eight appearances. <laughs> I buy that. Yeah, exactly. Um, for sure. Well, great, great tribute, JP. And let's just uh, let's after this, let's just all watch the highlights of uh, Oregon State, Loyola, <laughs> Chicago, and pretend like it was today, and uh, just not tell anybody. Um, ben, <laughs> Benny, Benny with the good quad. The, you know, he pulled yeah. out the tall he had his again. Oh, I have that too. Later after this, so but I do oh. have a beer. Oh. <laughs> What is that? Oh, it's, that's it's the same oh. beer as last week because I'm still very excited about the suicide squeeze that we had last week. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> and it's also yeah. delicious. <laughs> I, uh, not Oregon State University alum, but University of Utah alum Gary Fish. That's uh, right. <laughs> inspired by Oregon State baseball, I, for a second I thought the the can looked like a Pacifico. That's what I thought, and that, I was like, are we are, we are we shouting out uh, Sancho's? Um, which we always Sancho's should be shot Sancho's. I know it's gone, mm-hmm. but Lupe R.I.P. lives on. Yeah. And the memories of <laughs> all the time at, uh, at Sancho. Carter, was Sancho's gone by the time you were at OSU? Yeah, it's been gone for a while. I've definitely been to Lupe's a couple of times, though. And uh, it's, okay. it's like it's one of the new favorites, I would say. Nice. We got to go Lupe's. Well, if we showed up and saw Lupe, I wonder if he'd remember us. He probably would. He, he would remember you. For yeah, sure. 
Maybe yeah. not for good things. But <laughs> he would probably shouting at him to get out of the behind the bar, out of the kitchen. He'd all remember the time. Right. Trent for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Well, I, uh, as I've mentioned at the top of the show, I'm currently in Philadelphia. Uh, I was able to check out um, some local breweries here today, uh, including Myers Brewing Company, um, which I had a great time at. They had a, a beer named after James Harden, which I don't know if anyone here likes James Harden. Uh, James Harden mom, def- James Harden's mom definitely doesn't like JP for. Uh, no. Very valid reasons uh, from when James Harden played in Corvallis as a member of the Arizona State Sun Devils. Um, so shout out, Myers. Uh, shout out uh, to uh, Victory Brewing as well. I don't have one of those. Uh, I have a pretty obvious one. I haven't cracked it yet. This isn't really a live tasting, but Pennsylvania's own. I've got a Yingling traditional lager. Oh, there you go. Mm. So the most, I'd say probably most like well-known, like small ish kind of brewery here i don't know uh maybe i just from when i lived on the east coast a while ago but yeah yingling it's good so yeah cheers uh, you're really selling me and it's, 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 it's fine people like i remember when i the year <laughs> i lived in new york everyone was just like yingling and i'm like it's just a lager like it's like it's cheap but i don't know so yeah i i there's a small spot spot in my heart for yingling um but not not a big one um, so let's get to our honored guest, <laughs> Carter. Yeah, I'm going to shout out some uh, some Oregon State alums here. I, I highlighted this one on the Dam Podcast a couple of weeks ago when we uh, first kickstarted our uh, Dam Podcast live feature on YouTube. But um, I, I've got the the Ten Barrel Brewing Crush Guava Sour. Mm-hmm. Ooh, uh, nice! Huge, huge sour beer fan. It's like oh, nice. I I actually. I don't know. I might get some flack for this, but I think sour beer is better than just like your your run of the mill, uh, you know, mm-hmm. standard beer. I, I like the I like the fruity flavor that you get with it. I'm, I really like cider too. So I think um, sour beers are kind of that nice like crossover between cider and beer. So um, ten barrel, absolutely love pretty much everything that that they produce. Um, as I said, Oregon State alums. Mm-hmm. The uh, multiple locations in bend both of them are awesome i don't know if you guys have been there but i also actually um went to the one downtown denver as well when oregon state was playing at colorado this year um the the football game that you know unfortunately didn't quite go oregon state's way but you know may have been for the best for coaching purposes um (laughs) but yeah so i've I've been to multiple 10 barrel locations tried a bunch of their stuff but uh i keep coming back to the guava sour nice their I'm crushes a big... are a great line. They have some really awesome flavors with that. Right. Yeah, I've tried a couple of them. Um, the uh, what is it? The green one. I want to say it's like a cucumber sour. Yeah, is that what it is. I haven't tried that one yet, but I'm intrigued. That on a summer day sounds yeah. fantastic. It, it's really good. I've had that, and I feel like um, I, JP, you introduced me to sours actually, maybe what two years ago. A yeah. great notion. I think, ago. <laughs> I think I think I've had more sours than regular beers since then. So Carter, I'm I'm right there with you and, and thinking that's what I like to hear. Beers. Carter, have you yeah. been to Great Notion in Portland? I have not, no. All right. Well, if you go say hi to JP because he will be there uh, yeah. whenever you show up. <laughs> exactly. Um Great Notion in Alberta Arts District. Probably uh, JP, you're better on the Portland current Portland craft beer scene than I am, but probably the best uh program for sours around at least in terms of total amount of possible sours yeah definitely they nail it and they've got yeah and they've got such a variety too 
four different kind of like fruit sours. So that that's your that's your jam, Carter. You should get head up. Good to know. I, I got to do my homework. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, and we'll speaking of Portland, you know, we do have a football game there this season. So I think uh, we're all planning on being there. Carter, I'm sure you have to be there, but are probably looking forward to being there as well. Um, the only football game that will be played, or the only home football game that will be played in a fully completed stadium in the 2022 <laughs> season. But we're not complaining. We're all excited about that. Um, but Carter, we've got the spring game coming up on April 16th. I'm going to guess that no one has been in the stadium for more uh, spring practices than you, or at least the practices that have been open to the media. So let's just start with sort of the bird's eye view of everything. Um, I know there was a little bit of a break after the first session of spring practices, and they're getting back at it now. Um, just sort of overall, what has been your main takeaway from what the football team has looked like so far this spring? Yeah, well, we're on um, kind of the back end of spring break right now. So they're on a, you know, a two week break they took for finals and then um, the spring break that, you know, all of the students get to enjoy. Um, so they'll be back on the practice field in the middle of this coming week. Um, I actually won't be there this week. Angie will be there for us. I'm going to be overseas in Greece for a week. Ooh, um, kind oh, of nice. A- uh, you know, I'm treating myself to a vacation after the uh, the aforementioned really busy period of, of February there and March. Go. So good for you, man. Um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to be enjoying that. But I will be back in time for the last couple of practices, and then of course the spring game. So I uh, I won't be missing too much. But from what I've seen before the you know this two week break, you know we we didn't get a whole lot of practice. Um, I, I want to say it was only maybe like six days that were open to the media. Um, and then, you know, about half of that was, you know, no pads, just kind of walking through stuff. But what I have seen is healthy quarterbacks, which is obviously a, a really good sign. Um, I've seen a quarterback that's not on the roster yet that I hope is uh, JT Daniels <laughs> spotted him at practice one day. Um, he was there on a, you know, about a two or three day visit. Um, that was a highlight for sure. But the quarterback competition as a whole, I, I think, is it's really healthy right now. Um, the competition and the quarterbacks are, are healthy. You know, I, I think having those guys to push Chance Nolan is it's a really good thing for the quarterback room because, you know, it, there's there's room for improvement there. Even though Chance led Oregon State to seven wins and, and had a pretty good year along the way, I, I think there's definite room for improvement. So seeing those two guys healthy on day one was was a really good sign. Um, I've also liked what I've seen from some of the guys who are stepping up on defense and, and filling in new roles. Um, Kyrie Fisher has, has really shined in my opinion, Easton Mascarenas also at inside linebacker. And then the secondary, I, I think is, um, probably one of the top position groups on this team from what I've seen. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of at the mercy of the front seven, you know, if you're not getting pressure on the quarterback there's only so much you can do back there but I, I think that the talent that they bring back um it's it's a really it's a really nice collection of of guys who have um really interesting skill sets you know a, a rajon Wright type who's really lanky but then alex austin who's great in coverage and then Jaden grant brings that experience so I, I really like what uh what's coming back on the defense so all around, you know, I've I've been impressed. I, I don't think there's any like huge glaring weakness outside of maybe the defensive line from from what I've seen so far. Who who do you think is um, a player that that may be off the radar for Beaver fans going into the year? Uh, someone that may be 
the the average Beaver fan wouldn't know about that's going to be a household name by the end of the season? Man, that's a good question. Um, I'd have to think maybe like maybe one of the offensive linemen, to be honest, because they don't really get much of the spotlight anyway. But um, Taliesa Fuaga and, and Marco Brewer, those two guys stepping into the starting lineup, I, I don't think you're going to see any drop off on the offensive line this year. And, and that's saying a lot because, you know, losing Nathan Eldridge, a two time uh, all Pac-12 first teamer losing uh, Nus Keobonum, who had been on the offensive line for, it seems like a decade. Um, that is really, really difficult to replace. You know, experience is half the battle on the offensive line. Um, but I, I think the fact that those two guys, Brewer and Fuaga, um, got a little bit of playing time last year and, and, and really made the most of it. Um, I've definitely seen that carry over into spring camp. I, I, I don't think the offensive line is going to look much different if, any this year that's awesome to hear speaking of offensive line we've got like a carousel of backs that can run behind them including a new transfer um have you seen these guys who's looking kind of like they're going to be the the guy to replace bj uh obviously there's some other replacements as well some big names with you know, tegan Cutoriano and avery roberts but like just focusing on the running backs uh, any, has anyone kind of separated themselves yet, or do you think that Griffin's going to come in and grab that top spot? It's definitely an open competition, I think. Um, I, I don't necessarily know that you're going to see a featured back right out of the gate. At least, you know, that's that's not really what I've kind of gathered yet. Um, Deshaun Fenwick comes back, and I, I think, you know, what he brings to the table is, you know, he could be one of those guys, one of those workhorse backs, but Trey Lowe, um, what he was able to do in his third down role. And then also, um, I, I think just kind of the all around, you know, that all purpose back kind of approach that he brings um, gives this running back room a, a lot of different weapons that that could get a lot of touches. But the one guy that, you know, has really impressed me, and th this is something that I keep coming back to when I talk with Angie and, you know, when I'm, you know, writing my practice reports is Jonathan Smith doesn't really give true freshmen a ton of playing time. He doesn't really, you know, run them with the ones in practice too much. Damian Martinez day one was on the two deep on my practice report. Mm. He's been taking a bunch of first team reps and quite frankly, like, you know, none of these running backs have been breaking off huge runs, but he's been right there with them as far as, you know, guys who could who can take the ball and go 10 yards. Um, he's, you know, he's a guy who can give you a first down on one carry and that's, you know, that's really impressive from a true freshman who enrolled early, should be a senior in high school. So um, I, I fully expect him to be in the mix come fall. Cool. Uh, <clears throat> Carter, you, I know you've mentioned you've listened to the show, so you probably know that I, I am the resident worry wart. Uh, JP and Ben call me a wet blanket, even though I, I am the most fun out of the three of them. Um, it's, it's been <laughs> <pretty good. clears throat> but having said that, I am I'm very worried about the loss of Keontae Shad and also uh, – when you couple that with the loss of uh, Avery Roberts uh, to the pros, that's just a, a gaping hole in, in the middle of the defense. And I know we had uh, some of our best recruits were in the defensive front seven, and we've got some great transfers in the defensive front seven as well. But have any names emerged? I even mentioned a couple already, but just uh, who are going to come in and sort of not necessarily that anyone should come in and be Avery Roberts. He's another player who it feels like he's been on this team for you know a decade and really helped uh, 
turn the corner from uh, the, the Lord Voldemort era into the, the Jonathan Smith era. Um, but uh, have any names emerged for to be uh, at the middle linebacker spot and the defensive tackle spots? Yeah, well, I'll start with the inside linebackers. I, I mentioned um, Kyrie Fisher and Easton Mascarena just a minute ago. And those two guys, you know, the, the thing about Avery Roberts is, you know, he would rack up tackles. But I think if we're being honest, he was at times a liability in coverage. Um, so what I'm going to be looking for this offseason is, you know, what do Fisher and Mascarenas bring in coverage that maybe Roberts didn't? Because um, I think that these are two guys who could step up right away and, and bring you some of that tackle production that you saw with him. Um, Mascarenas, in, in particular, is a guy who's a hard hitter. So in addition to, you know, being at the right place at the right time, he's not afraid to, you know, put a guy in the ground as well. So yeah, I think we actually saw that in the LA bowl too. If, if I remember sure, correctly, yeah. I, I think he made a pretty big hit on someone on the sideline maybe. Um, but yeah, so definitely look for those two guys in the middle of the field. I don't think you're going to see much of a drop off there at, at inside linebacker. Like I, like I mentioned on the offensive line, you know, it's kind of this recurring thing that I've seen so far in practice is guys stepping up um, and, you know, these position groups largely look the same. The defensive line, though, is is really concerning with the loss of Shad, because as last season went along, I, I think you really started to see him kind of carve out a role. And, you know, he actually became one of the leading tacklers on this team, which is not <laughs> something that we have seen from a defensive lineman at Oregon State in a while. Um, losing him hurts, especially since I, um, I keep wanting to say Isaiah Hodgins. Isaac Hodgins uh, is, is back on crutches now. So I, I don't know his status. I haven't gotten a chance to ask Jonathan Smith yet. Um, so I don't, I don't know if he's going to be able to go this spring. I don't know if he's going to be available come fall. Um, but yeah, he's, he's on crutches. And so that is really concerning to me because, you know, that's your veteran guy there that you, you're going to rely on. So losing probably your top two guys at a position that just continues to get thinner and thinner every year, um, that, that could be a problem. For sure. Um, has anyone, we talked a lot last off season and last spring, just about, how deep the receiver group was. And it kind of seems like <clears throat> with, especially the Griffin transfer, uh, people are talking about the running backs and we obviously have had a lot of great running backs, especially last year with Baylor, Fenwick and Lowe looking great. But who has been, uh, has anyone caught your eye on the field this spring from uh, the receiver group? And do you have uh, any predictions for any kind of uh, breakouts, whether it be someone who's been around for a while or uh, a newcomer uh, to that room? Nobody's really stood out to me this, uh, you know, thus far, which I don't really know whether to be concerned by that, or if it just kind of speaks to, you know, this, you know, everyone in this group just kind of, I, I, I don't know, I, I don't think you have to have a go to receiver for a wide receiver group to be good, necessarily, it, it certainly helps, you know, seeing Isaiah Hodgins and Trevon Bradford kind of take those roles. Obviously, it's it's good that you, you know, oftentimes have somewhat of a safety valve there. Um, but nobody has really stepped up into that role in practice so far. And it, you know, it is still very early. Like I said, I've only seen like six practices, but um, I, I would really like to see someone like Trayshawn Harrison kind of step into that role. Who's, you know, he's got height, he's got speed. He has all of the tools to be a, a standout guy. Um, so I will definitely be looking for 
um, you know, one guy to maybe kind of emerge as, as someone who's, you know, solidified with the first team group, who's, you know, getting a bunch of targets. Zariah Beeson is also a name that comes to mind. I, I think after the year he had last year, um, I would really like to see him bounce back and kind of establish himself as, as one of the top receivers on this team. But um, if, if there's maybe a dark horse to, to kind of, to maybe lead the team in, in receptions, I, I think it's Tyjon Lindsay who Ooh. until injuries last year actually was, you know, right up there with, with Bradford. I would um, love that. I, yeah. I mean, I I've been super high on Lindsay ever since he came in. Um, I feel like he's one of those guys that really performs in practice. And so I see the best of him. Uh, but then for whatever reason, you know, game day comes around and maybe he's struggling with drops or he can't get open. But um, I felt like he was really truly breaking out last year. And, you know, that you look at that game at USC where, you know, I, I think he went for like a hundred yards and, and a touchdown or two, if I remember correctly. Um, I, I think he's capable of, of doing a lot more of that this year if he stays healthy. What about like so, a guy like Makaya Tung? where Georgia transfer, right? Last year, I remember in camp, it was like, there was a lot of talk about his size. Like he just looked like a dude who could ball and- Looks like a linebacker. Yeah, exactly. He just didn't really get a lot of looks and a lot of playing time. He had like one reception last year, I think. So is he a guy that we should uh, keep an eye on or, or where do you see him kind of slotting in in that receiver death chart? Well, to be honest, he has to get healthy first. Um, he missed, you know, probably the last, well, maybe half or so of last season. Um, he still isn't practicing. He's he's not on the field right now. I don't I don't know what the injury is. Um, I, I do know that it's lower body, but I, I don't have a good read on what his status is right now, when he's going to be available, if he's going to be available. I'm really excited about what he brings just because you mentioned his size, his athleticism. Um, he's got a combination there that I, I don't think is matched by anyone on this team. And, and so if, if you can get a guy like that on the field, you know, that's an SEC body. That's an SEC recruit who's coming in. And um, I, I think could be a difference maker if he stays healthy, but you know, you, you have to recover before you can make a difference. So being uh, a handful of games or practices into uh, spring ball, I, I realize that this is a completely unfair question, but I want to play hypotheticals for a second. Here. Benny with the haymakers. What, what, <laughs> what, what is the ceiling of this team and how does that change if JT Daniels decides to come to the yeah. program? I, I was waiting for that part because my answer was going to be, well, is JT Daniels on the roster or not? Um, <laughs> if JT Daniels is here, I, I think this team, I, I feel like the ceiling is a Pac-12 championship. I, I really do. I think you could be looking at double-digit wins with JT just because I, I don't think of, of all of the teams that JT is rumored to be considering West Virginia, Missouri, Oklahoma State, Colorado being the other four. Nobody else is as favorable of a landing spot as Oregon State, just in terms of the pieces that I think that they can put around him. You're going to have one of the best offensive lines in the Pac-12, if not if in college football. You're going to have a receiving group that has speed, has a little bit of size, um, and, and has a ton of experience. I, I know that some guys are still a little unproven, but I think he can really make the most out of those guys. And then, you know, you've got Luke Musgrave coming back at, at tight end. Um, some young guys, some really promising young guys there. 
I mean, you know, the running backs, like you, you go down the line and, and every position group on this offense is just so perfectly tailored to a quarterback like him coming in and kind of unlocking the next level there. So yeah, if, if he's on the roster, I don't see why they can't win 10 games uh, without him. It's still a bowl team in my opinion, but I, I think that ceiling drops by a couple of games and you're probably looking at a seven or eight win team at, at best. Last week, we were trying to talk about JT Daniels without talking about JT Daniels and not saying the name JT Daniels. And then Ben just dove into a segment with like, well, if JT Daniels comes. <laughs> so I'm, we're not even trying I'm to. I'm so excited anymore. for the potential. Um, and also, we did mention, too, when the uh, I think, Carter, you were probably one of the first people I saw tweeting about this. Uh, mm-hmm. It was we were just all even if he doesn't come, we we're just enjoying the speculation that a big name like this has never in speculation been mentioned well and and it puts oregon state in the spotlight too which you know it's everything's been so quiet around this program since uh since the season ended you know no coaching turnover really to you know to to capture headlines or anything no big transfer portal news um (laughs) until jt you know all of this comes out and I, I think it's huge for the program to get a little bit of exposure, you know, in, in today's day and age, social media being a big driving factor in recruiting NIL being, you know, on the forefront, um, exposure is everything. And, you know, to, to get Oregon state in the headlines, to see, you know, videos and, and, you know, t- to have Oregon state featured in national podcasts talking about, Oh, is JT Daniels going to come to Corvallis? You know, that's big because because other people hear it. And, you know, if JT Daniels comes, that unlocks so much more um, so much more potential in, right. in recruiting ranks and, and transfer portal. Um, it I, I think it just unlocks a whole new level right. at, at Oregon State. Worst case scenario, I hope it lights a fire under the current quarterbacks that we have. Like, oh, like y'all wanted JT to come here and take my spot. Um, but you saw him on uh, at practice, Carter. I I know what JT Daniels looks like, but w- was he? What did he look like? Was he smiling? Yeah, did, did he look that. like he dug? What <laughs> was he picking up? What we were putting down? Did he take a look at Treshawn Harrison and give like a curt nod, like I can throw to that guy? Like what it was, was also a sunny day, like, right? Like, it was a sunny day. <laughs> he, he picked a really good time to come to Oregon because I think nice. it was, you know, I, I think it had broken a streak of a, a bunch of rainy days. Um, and it was absolutely it's a, beautiful that, it's a that sign. morning. It's a sign. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was, he was very, I'll say he was very engaged in practice. I, I don't know what I can and can't say about, you know, what I saw at practice because they are strict about some things and, you know, I don't want to get Beaver Blitz in trouble or anything, but right. I will say he was very locked into what was going on at, at practice. You're guaranteeing JT Daniels to Oregon State. Carter. Is that what I mean? <laughs> you heard it here first. You didn't know this was a gotcha episode. <laughs> hey, if you want a really if you want a really good tidbit, he was wearing some really cool boots that, Ooh, uh, that I think could I like be that. from his, uh, you know, I, I think that his Zaxby's NIL deal, NIL deal probably okay. helped him out with those a little bit. All right. All right. Well, yeah, we're, nice. we're big into the shoe game on this show. So knowing, yeah, he's got good boots guys. Got, nice. Your quarterback has to have dope boots or dope kicks. All right. Yeah. It's the must. One or the other. Awesome. Yeah. Also, we're really big at NIL. So if JT Daniels wants <laughs> us to do anything for him, we're, we're willing. Yeah. 
<laughs> we're, we're ready, JT. I don't. Is, are there any Missouri or Oklahoma State or West Virginia, Colorado podcasts ready with NAL <laughs> offers? Really, it's just we'll send you stuff. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Name your price though. Hey, you could help them get a signature drink at the Peacock. There you, there go. you go. Yeah, there done. Go. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> Um, before it gets too late, let's uh, switch gears a, a little and talk a little baseball. Because um, Carter, I know you're as uh, dialed in with the baseball team as as anyone. Um, so, good news today: the team won another series. They finally won on Sunday. Yeah. Bad news is still no three game sweeps. Or no, th- uh, we took two out of three with Cal. So we're methodically moving through the season. Uh, there hasn't been any real cause for concern at least at least for me but uh uh with this uh cal series carter um obviously jacob melton is still crushing it and making me look like an asshole for predicting that he wouldn't <laughs> shatter like seven different <laughs> records whatever um but what have uh what have you noticed what did you notice uh in these last few games against cal and uh how do you feel about where the the team's headed it, it's really hard to nitpick when you look at a record and, and you know you see them in the in the top 10 nationally but I, I couldn't help but notice this weekend the lack of of a shutdown closer. You know, having Jacob, ha- having Mulholland on the roster the last couple of years, I, I think is a luxury that we kind of took for granted. Um, I, I actually wrote a, an article about this uh, for Beaver Blitz this week. Talked to Mitch Canham after the game a few days ago about you know kind of the closer situation, how they're approaching that right now. Um, and it's it's totally a committee approach, and we've kind of seen that unfold over the last couple of games and last couple of series. Mitchell Verberg moving up to kind of a setup role, DJ Carpenter getting a look at the back end, um, but really nobody has been able to shut guys down back there. And and you know that was a problem on Saturday against Cal, as you know the Golden Bears walked up walked it off with a home run after that incredible comeback. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been an issue that the back end of the bullpen and, you know, I, I don't really know. I don't, I don't know where they go from here if they give another guy a look or if they just kind of hope that somebody takes the job and runs with it. But um, it, that is the one concern I have. Other than that, everything's great. I mean, <laughs> Jacob Melton, like you said, probably, you know, pushing for Pac-12 player of the year. Um, the starting pitchers have been awesome. The, the entire lineup one through nine is, is absolutely crushing it. Um so yeah, I mean, outside of the back end of the bullpen, there's there's really nothing I I would change about this team right now. And what's what's rough is this weekend was the Saturday game with the comeback in the ninth inning, right? It's like, can you lose in any more heartbreaking fashion being down seven to one really in the ninth, and then you put on six and you lose in the bottom, and I'm gonna walk off. It's just like second pitch of of the bottom half of the inning too is like uh, yeah, right away too. It's like they just they were just totally spent. But I want to focus on a guy, uh, obviously, Travis Bazana. Like, we talk about Melton, but Bazana is on fire right now. He's had, what, like three home runs in the last, like, nine nine days, um, raising his batting average up to 383 after today. Uh, talk about what he looks like on the field. Is he a guy, obviously, I think he's probably, you know, in some sort of, like, <laughs> award uh, circuit, but could he be somebody that, takes down some of the top awards for the Pac-12 or like what's his ceiling looking like this season? I could see it. Yeah. You know, he's, he really is kind of the definition of a five tool player. He, he just, he brings everything to the field. And what I've been most impressed with from him this year 
outside of the fact that he's playing just out of his mind as a true freshman in one of the toughest conferences in college baseball um, is his ability to bunt for singles. You know, like you, you see him walk up there and, and, you know, he lays down a bunt and without fail, it is like placed in the perfect spot. Nobody can get to it in time. And, and he beats it out. Like, I mean, I, I really am curious what his, um, what, what, at what rate he, he converts bunts into singles. Um, I asked him about this after uh, what game was it? The Seattle game. You know, I, I, I said, do your eyes kind of light up when you get the bunt sign from your third base coach? And he said, oh, I just have the green light to bunt whenever I want. <laughs> um, he, he said all but one of his of his bunt singles had actually been just kind of, you know, his choice. So the fact that, you know, he has that baseball IQ to know when to do it, when not to, the fact that he has the athletic ability to um, make it work like 100% of the time, um, that to me has been the most impressive part of his game. Carter, do you, do you track like any sort of like clutch metrics? Because this guy seems like he has a knack to drive in runs regularly. He's like at, at like almost 20 RBIs in the last 10 games. Does he just, is it, is that just an outcome of uh, the entire lineup, you know, producing and getting on base or is he seemingly finding hits uh, when, when they matter most? I, I wish I did have a metric for that. I'm sure there's something out there that would calculate, you know, some, some sort of number for you. But um, I think he is positioned perfectly in the order right now. You know, he, he did start the season in the two hole, um, which, which is great for, you know, somebody who has the bunting ability that he has. And, you know, he's a guy who's not going to hit into double plays or anything. Um, but putting him, you know, a, a little further down, I think just unlocks so many RBI opportunities for him. And, you know, typically you might want to reserve that spot for like a Jacob Melton or somebody who's going to get extra base hits and, and clear the bases. Um, but what he unlocks with just his various skills, um, I think the five hole is, is kind of a perfect spot for him because like you said, he has come through in a bunch of clutch spots and, um, you know, I, I, I don't see him moving out of that out of that role right now, considering what he's been able to do with it. If this team is going to go from just hard hitting, high scoring, really fun, sort of in, in the conversation of the top 10 rankings to where they, where they are now to a serious contender in Omaha, I think it's fair to say uh, Mitch Cannon will have to, you know, take that step to become from a good manager, which we, everyone on the show thinks he is uh, shout out Mitch. We love you. But to becoming like a great manager. I don't think you can win the college world series without a great manager calling the shots. Have you seen uh, him, him growing as a manager this season uh, just from, from game to game? Um, Cause I, we're, we, we follow and pay attention, but we're not watching, you know, every, every single out and, and pitch and seeing all the adjustments and things like that. So just, I'm curious from someone who's definitely watched more than I have and picked up on some of the subtle things that are so in, that, that happens so often in a baseball game. Like, have you seen sort of any anecdotal evidence that suggests he's, he's picking up uh, the, the job and not becoming Pat Casey? Cause I know that's impossible, but uh, showing, you know, uh, signs of growth as a manager. Yeah, I, I actually would say so. Um, a couple of things that have stood out to me this year have to do with some of the lineup adjustments he's made and some of the in-game substitutions. So 
he coming into this season, he talked about how depth was going to be one of the strengths of this team. He said, you know, we kind of have this great problem where there's so many guys who are capable of, of joining the starting group, you know, being in this starting nine um, that it's difficult to put a lineup together. And in the beginning of the year, I, I think he did a good job of kind of identifying a nine that he could rely on and then identifying like a top couple of guys who he could bring in as a pinch hitter for a clutch situation or who he could use as a matchup play. Um, and, and then I, I think what he's done in the midweek games with getting a couple of different guys looks as well has, has been key. But the, the thing that has stood out to me the most is, you know, the third base has been a position that I, I think is still up for grabs. Um, if, if we're being honest, you know, the production from that position offensively and defensively hasn't been where it needs to be. And, you know, he, he gave Mason Guerra a look and the kid capitalized, you know, this is a true freshman coming in who, you know, for all intents and purposes should be riding the bench. You know, when, when you have this much talent ahead of you, Jake Ducart comes to mind. Um, I, I mean, you could go down the line. There's a handful of guys who can play third base, he, he saw something in Guerra that he liked. He gave him a chance and, and, you know, he, he kind of ran with it. Um, he struggles, you know, in, in the Cal series and makes a Mitch Cannon makes a change. Jamin Trotsky makes a couple, he gets a couple of big hits. Like, you know, these are the, these are the moves, you know, when you bring in a guy who you kind of have a good feeling about, and then he converts that reminds me of Pat Casey. You know, that's something that Casey was really known for. You know, he would see something in practice or he would see something in one given at bat, give a guy a, a bigger role, and he would nine times out of 10 convert on it. Um, and so that's something this year that has kind of stood out to me as, as something where I'm like, okay, Canem's, Canem's getting it right now. Is What's, he still bringing out the hard hats? <laughs> I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him this year, no. New that picture, I, I I don't know if you've seen that picture of Troy Clonch wearing the uh, the hard hat in the dugout, though. That is like one of my all-time favorite <laughs> Oregon State baseball photos right now. <laughs> um, if, if Oregon State's to make a run at Omaha and in Omaha, what would you say is, is one thing that, that needs to happen if we're to make a run? Jake Fennegs needs to come back to help the, uh, you know, to help the pitching depth. And then they're going to have to figure out how they're going to manage the bullpen to get enough production out of them. I, I just think that the bullpen has been way too shaky this year. Um, they're going to need a couple of guys to kind of carve out roles, whether that's having a defined closer or having a defined guy you can go to for three or four innings. If your starter's struggling, um, they just don't have either of those things right now. And, and quite frankly, the, the production isn't there across the board. I think the pitching staff, I, I don't want to say it's holding the team back, but right now you're looking at a team that at times has to rely on its offense to score 10 runs to win a game. Um, and, and that's just not sustainable and particularly not in the postseason where you're playing, you know, five games in four days, potentially. Right. <clears throat> Anything else for Carter? You too? No, Carter, if you have anything you'd like to plug before you bounce, the stage is yours. Only thing I can plug is beaverblitz.com, which uh, is the source for spring football coverage, you know, daily baseball coverage. We have pretty much everything. Um, we have expanded a little bit into 
even gymnastics, a little bit of wrestling. If you're active in our mess in our in our message board, um, we are we are working super hard at kind of expanding and and bringing a, a more holistic approach to what we do right now. Um, myself being able to to kind of do this full time now that I'm out of school, um, I I have kind of taken it upon myself. It's kind of my project now to to expand our reach a little bit. And that's what I've been doing with, um, with the damn podcast live that, that we talked about a little bit earlier as well. So we are, we're, you know, doing our best to, to bring the people what they want. And, uh, I, I think we do a pretty good job of it. So check out Beaver Blitz throughout the spring as we gear up for a, another big football season under, uh, under Jonathan Smith. What is this year? Six, seven, six, I'm losing track. five, uh, <laughs> we don't know how to count yeah Carter, don't worry about i don't know either <laughs> well i mean there's the covid year in there too like numbers just sort of cease to mean anything um damn podcast live is live on youtube what nights now is it uh we've been going on wednesdays we're, wednesdays? we're on a hiatus right now because okay as i mentioned we're on you know spring break and i'm heading all to right greece, but for sure where are you going to greece do you want to just brag about your trip for? Yeah, time? sure. Yeah, instead <laughs> instead of plugging my employer, I'll, uh, I'll I'll talk about Greece. So, three nights in Athens. Nice. Three nights in Santorini, and then back to Athens for one more night. Okay, that's well, awesome. Definitely awesome. Tell us everything about the the food yeah. and the and the and the and the drinks and everything you do over there. And Beaver Blitz has merch now too, right? Yes, we do. So part of our, I'm actually wearing my Beaver Blitz polo right now. Um, part of our 20th year anniversary, our, our 20th birthday was on March 1st. So as, as part nice. of that celebration, we launched our merchandise store and um, the link is super long. So I unfortunately cannot plug it right now because I don't remember it off the top of my head, but uh, it's it's copy and at Beaver Blitz in the lodge. So nice. Um, we've got you know 20th anniversary gear, all sorts of logo gear. If you want to rep Beaver Blitz, um, some high quality stuff. Actually, we were you know kind of going into it uh, without really knowing we, what we were getting from this site, but uh, this polo is actually pretty nice. So nice. Hey, I can plug it. I'll plug it for you, Carter. You got BeaverBlitzMerch.MySpreadshop.com. We'll get you there. There it is. There it nice. is. Nice. Carter Baines, beaverblitz.com, uh, damn podcast, uh, damn podcast live, and at Carter Baines on Twitter. Baines is spelled B A H N S. If you're listening to this and not, I am, yeah. would be flabbergasted if you're not already <laughs> following Carter, but uh, start create another account and follow him again. Uh, that's the only way to get all of the coverage that's coming out of Carter on all things Oregon State sports. Uh, Carter, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, have fun in Greece, dude. Hell yeah. Super exciting. Yeah, I'll try to tweet out as many photos as I can to to rub it in everyone's faces. <laughs> and, you know. It's probably going to snow in Minneapolis next week. So. <laughs> I'll look at those photos of Santorini and pretend I'm with you. So, all right. Thanks so uh, much, Carter. Have a great awesome. day. Thanks, Carter. Thanks, Thanks for having Appreciate me, guys. It. See you, man. <laughs> My hand hurts so fucking bad holding this microphone. Um, you, <laughs> you can keep that in the, the show, JP. Like, hey, shout out to Carter. That was good. That was very insightful. That was, yeah, fun. That was very, very, <laughs> very insightful. I love being able to talk to someone whose feet on the ground at, at practice, at the baseball games. 
Uh, I think the la- the last episode of Dan podcast I listened to, Carter opened it with like I was like he literally like ran from Goss to his apartment, and and then clicked record. And I'm just like, that's commitment that I wouldn't have. <laughs> um, I'm sitting on my couch opening a beer, and I need to run to my desk very much closer than <laughs> Carter's apartment is to Goss. I'm sure. Um, so yeah, great conversation. I feel better about the baseball team and uh, Carter, you heard it here. Listeners. Now that he's not on the show anymore and uh, can't speak for himself. Carter <laughs> guaranteed JT Daniel <laughs> grad transfer to Oregon state university, uh, the Harvard of the PAC 12 and the Paris of the Pacific Northwest. So um, he he seemed to have a level of certainty that neither it did none of us did. I'm feeling cautiously optimistic. You said it with your words, Carter, but you said it with your eyes. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, uh, and, and JT's boots. There's something about the yeah, boots. Notice the boots. You notice the boots. He knew exactly uh, the, the source of uh, the NIL from Zaxby's. Have you guys ever been to a Zaxby's? No. No. What it's is like, that? It's, it's fast food only in the South, I think. Interesting. Uh, this might, is, is this the part of the podcast where we look things up? <laughs> um, <laughs> I've heard it. I've, I've heard Z A X B Y apostrophe S. Zaxby's near me. I'm sure. sure where, where's the call? Oh, there's one. Oh, no. <laughs> that showed me. It showed me an Arby's in, in San Leandro. Dude, is Arby's, not, Arby's still slaps, though. It's not Arby's does. And I'm not really that close to <laughs> San Leandro. This is, this is why I need to get on. I, I have begun work on the uh, Belligerent Beeves Encyclopedia, but we need to know exactly how many episodes we've brought up Arby's because it is more than three. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you guys ever been to Cane's? Yeah. Raising Cane's? Cane's? Uh, no, is it it's raising ra- canes? Raise, ra- like raising canes uh, is the full name but the, the science the science is canes bigger so, so yes. where where just out of curiosity where did you have canes in there's two in minneapolis now but it was there are it, it started in baton rouge <laughs> i had it in out of all places i had it in hawaii i thought it was a hawaii specific <laughs> fast food place it was so good <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, it was so good. That makes me happy that they have canes in Hawaii, though. Yeah, they do. The speed that we just went from Carter Baines to canes was <laughs> Baines impressive. And, Baines and canes. Yeah. <laughs> Baines and canes. Yeah. I, well, you know, if you take the first letter of Carter and the the second sound of Baines, <laughs> you get canes. And Carter mentioned a competing fast food restaurant as JT Daniels NIL deal to, to throw throw the dogs off the scent. Wow, smart. Will. God, he's smart. Mm. We're on to you, Carter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Carter just signed off the pod and we're like saying, Carter guaranteed this. Um, thank you again for joining the show, Carter. We won't throw you under the bus next time, I promise. Um, <laughs> Not we, need, uh, we need to move on. <laughs> Um, to uh, women's basketball, which uh, oh, man, NIT dream Christ. dies a slow, painful death at the hands of the UCLA Bruins. Uh, it was a rough game, rough start. Ladies rallied as they always do. Comeback fell just short. Um, overall. 
season ends with a 17 and 14 record and uh not exactly the uh season we dreamed of when we started talking about this team a few months ago um i listened to the uh post-game press conference and uh ruick made some good point he wasn't really making excuses but he just sort of talked you know with you know the v- trying to have you know the uh view of you know thirty thousand feet from the season and brought up a great point uh including today <laughs> this team lost to two teams that didn't participate in the NCAA tournament. And that was UCLA, who is very good, going to the NIT Final Four, the Final Four of the NIT, and uh, Arizona State, who you know got hot and uh, made, a lot of, made a lot of good things happen this year. So that just, I think, speaks volumes of the schedule. Injuries to multiple players, one of them being arguably your best player, and a 30-plus day COVID interruption. And I think, you know, Ruick would have loved to have overcome that and gotten back into the the big dance. But credit, credit's where credit's due. These ladies fought through all of it and played pretty damn tough basketball the whole way. And they got more time yeah. to play together. We've right. talked about That's, this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, 100%. And it just felt like one of those seasons where the – the calls didn't go your way. The ball didn't drop your way. Like it just, it wasn't a lack of effort or a lack of talent. It just didn't go your way this year, and that will happen from time to time. Yeah, and like, and today is a really good example of that, right? Getting down twenty-one-seven in the first quarter at home against UCLA, just not the start you want for a game that could put you in the Final Four of the women's NIT. And like, right. just like the the shots weren't dropping. I mean, like two and nine from three. Like this team shoots better normally from three. And, Look, they stretched the season further than we – if you would have told us at the beginning of the season all the different, like, turmoil and, uh, you know, tumultuous stuff they would have come across throughout the year, we would have never expected this to have gotten this far. And, like, at least far in the sense of how long they'd be playing in the year. And yep. to be late March with all the stuff, that, all the adversity they came across, it's a win. I mean, this sucks. Like, they, I was hoping that they'd make a run. And I called it out, too. I said point blank – if you want to prove to the, your your haters, your doubters that like, that you should have been in the tournament, I mean, should have been is one thing, and like how long you would have if it was better for the team is another one. But if you wanted to prove you should have been in the tournament, make it the, the final four, and they didn't do that. But I think it showed maybe it's a reality check to everybody that this team just had too much adversity to to get that far. So. You know, they 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 balled out. The seniors balled out. The team balled out, and uh, it's just uh, it was one of those seasons. You know, I, I don't expect this to be a recurring theme next year. I, I think they're going to come out with a big fire under their asses next year and be ready to uh, you know win those close games and 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 beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Yeah, I think this is going to be huge for them, and when. Confetti's showering down, and they're cutting down the nets of a regional final and getting back to the final four. I think uh, Ruick and uh, Taylor, Kennedy, Talia, and the rest of this team will be able to point to this as a uh, turning point and a stepping stone that got them there. Um, got to shout out the the seniors who uh, will for sure uh, be leaving. Uh, you know, Emily Coding, uh, Taya Adams, and uh, Jovana Subasic. Um, leaving the program, and in addition to that, fan favorite, belligerent bees favorite, Ellie Mack, and I am formally 
nominate Ellie Mack to for induction into the Belligerent Beavs Hall of Fame. Yeah. Except if either I was gonna say if anyone's like, well, let's send this to the uh to the board of trustees, um like we have one. We do. We do. We, we, do. Have, we seriously do. We have lawyers waiting in a boardroom in an unmarked conference, you know, center somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ellie Mack, you're in the Belligerent Beavs Hall of Fame. I know you're pissed off about the NIT dream come to an end, uh, but you know you're, you're in the Belligerent Beavs Hall of Fame, baby. Yeah. Thank Welcome. You, and also uh, in also in that press conference, uh, Taya Crosdell was asked about her future because she has m- one year left of eligibility, but uh, is you know, graduating uh, and was a n- non-committal on on that front, as I'm sh- sure we all can understand <laughs> in, what do you in mean? that moment. So. Um, she didn't want to go so, to go to Oregon State for six years. It's so. fun. <laughs> it is. It. Is, I don't it think anyone think it's better. Oregon State. Oregon State is like a fine wine. It yes. just gets better with That's, time. Yeah, yeah. It's it's in the middle of wine country. Yeah. That's why it's the Paris of the Pacific Northwest. Right. It's like a nice Burgundy. It just gets yeah. better. Bordeaux. Bordeaux, Cabernet Sauvignon, Samoyer, other wine terms of that nature. Champagne, um, Champagne, <laughs> Mimosa. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Congrats on another uh, great season, ladies. And we also have to talk about gymnastics. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next yes, next we week, do. I pr- I promise, Amy Sinicola, we'll be we'll lead with gymnastics next week. Oh, we have to. We have to yep. because. The regionals are this week. Yeah, in Seattle. In Seattle, in Ben's neck of the woods. JP, yep. are you going up? Are you taking the train up? Are so you I'm driving trying to, up? I'm trying to figure out the whole schedule, and it's actually really funny. I was like, I'll just go up Saturday. I think it's going to be on Saturday. And then my wife was like, you have a t-ball game you have to coach. It's opening day, so it's like not just the game, but it's like the whole ceremony too. And I was like, oh, yeah, damn, I forgot that. This Who, who's – Setting up the first tee on opening day for T-ball. I was going to ask who's throwing the first pitch. <laughs> what what's uh what's what's your team name? We the don't even have one yet, dude. We we are orange, but we don't we don't have an, a name yet because um we've had every practice rained out other than one for thirty minutes. Oh. So orange crush. So you're gonna give them the chance to name? Yeah, I'm, I thought it was gonna be the Giants. No, I'm gonna put I'm gonna probably send an email out. This is totally nice. off topic. But anyways, uh, I, <laughs> this but is very <laughs> on topic for belligerent beeves. Naming a T-ball team. This is like what we were born to do. <laughs> this is the most responsibility anyone should trust us with. But I saw, I saw that they may be competing in regionals on Thursday night, which won't. <laughs> for which second, I thought that T-ball. Sorry. No. Which won't work very well for me. I'm gonna be driving back to Portland from Sonoma. Uh, we'll arrive late Wednesday, and I'm like, uh, I can't just get on a train the next day and go to Seattle, right. unfortunately. So, if it's if it was Sunday, I would do it. If it was Saturday, it could be. <laughs> I, it could it could be Sunday, right? I don't know. I think it's already it's already settled. I mean, I, look at like the uh, look at the composite. Do we, schedule do we, for Oregon do State. we have a composite schedule? I might this try is, to go up. You sh- do you should. Yeah, yeah. You I might just go. They don't have drive. excuses, Benny. Yeah. I just, I just. Well, I might go into work into the office on Thursday and then just See? skirt on up to the university. <laughs> yeah, what are you waiting yeah. for then? Yeah, I'm spend just some, for it to be some, Thursday. Spend some time on the Ave. Yeah, I hung out in that neighborhood in a 
minute and a half. Right. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Listen to some blue scholars. JP, please, <laughs> JP, please play five seconds of No Rest for the Weary by Blue Scholars. There's no rest for the weary, just another day grinding up stones till they Yeah, that's a great song. <laughs> oh, God. Cut. All right. No, not we're not done. But shout no, out I, I to, meant like, shout I meant like to uh, cut. Cut. I think her name is Jade. Jade. Who? Jade. Jade. I, I I believe it's a it's Ade. It's a soft J. Oh, I bet you know who would know. ESPN. Ade Maria. They seem to cover all of these great great athletes, right? Ade Maria. Great call. JP, please play five seconds of Ave Maria by anyone who has ever sang Ade Maria. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do that one. If you don't, I'm going to fight you. <laughs> Use the pentatonics uh, version if you want to. It's the most pop culture friendly. But uh, that that uh, stud athlete, whatever, however you pronounce her name. I, oh, I think it's it's Jade Carey. You, oh, thank you. Yeah, you're right. I had to you're dig right. for it because it's not, it's not on the ESPN site, weirdly. They call themselves the worldwide leader, but they're not leading shit with this, yeah. Yeah. which is strange. Because yeah. I, I think one of the best gymnasts in, in the world who is the all-around all champion in all Pac-12 in several yeah, events. I think you're right. Multiple, several perfect tens and should have had more perfect tens. Uh, you can find me at belligerentbeeves at gmail.com. Subject line, show me the goddamn blemish, judges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the inbox is empty because there wasn't a blemish there. Um, yeah, Jade, Jade Carey is who I believe you're referring to. Jade. I, I, this that rings a bell. That rings a bell. And I, yeah, she's uh, uh, an all-American um, five times over. Nice. She's yeah. At, all and there's there's how many events? Well, technically there's four, but then there's but also then there's all, all around. around. Yeah. yeah. So all-American in every is being an all-American in everything. You're eligible to be an all-American in good. Yes. Okay. I just. I, I, I think so. I, I I would have imagined. I've been, I've been, a, I've been, a, I'm a zero time all American. So I don't know, but I would assume yes. Okay. Let's, let's say it is. Yeah. Congratulations, Jade Carey. <laughs> ESPN won't congratulate you, but we just keep will. Yeah. I feel like there should be a 30 for 30 for Jade Carey this year. And yeah, they I haven't even admit. mentioned her. Yeah, I agree. I totally right. agree. I mean the dominance. Just, the dominance is right. out As of a this freshman. world. Out of this world, Benny, you just lit a joint. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> that's a celebratory joint. It was stronger. Hold on, you were. we're the type of debauchery that happens on screen <laughs> is more than I think even the listeners Ooh. suspect. I was really hoping we could hold it together for that one, but God, that was just too funny. <laughs> <laughs> I had to calm myself down because I was getting too mad at ESPN. I'm so, I'm so mad at you. Look at judges. the drugs you're making me do, ESPN. Speaking of mad. Oh, you're going to do it. Go for it. Yeah, I'm gonna transition 
to men's basketball. Oh, wait, no. I thought you were going to do a play on the name, but we, we have to shout out Maddie Degan before we stop talking oh, about Oh, yeah, go do that one first. Also, all pa- I thought you were going to be like, speaking of Mad, Maddie Degan, uh, who is Ooh. also mentioned as the funniest uh, member of the team in one of the videos that they did at the meet you and I went to, JP. They do that on all the broadcasts, too. It's really fun to watch. Oh, dope. Yeah, that's awesome. When I, whenever there's a stream and not like a real broadcast. Right. So um, Degan also... On uh, landed on all Pac-12 uh, conference teams, finished fourth in the conference championships, uh, which is the highest finish of her career with a total of thirty-nine point four five zero. I think it should have been a forty point zero zero zero. Again, show me the fucking blemish. Uh, it wouldn't be on a T-shirt if it wasn't a real demand. Uh, you have one day, <laughs> judges. They always give an ultimatum. Uh, Dagan is tied for eighteenth in the country in the all-around and tied for fourth That's dope. in the Pac-12. Yeah. What's that? I said that's dope. That is dope. I thought you were yeah. interrupting me. I thought you were like, yeah. Uh, it's her first nod for the all-around uh, and third first team of her career um, after she was first team on vault and beam in bo- both vault and beam in 2021. Thank you for the insight, Amy Sinicola. Um, and congratulations to Maddie Dagan, uh, senior on the gymnastics team. And obviously, job's not done. It ain't done yet. We ain't done yet. But we're already incredibly proud of you we've already and done some things yeah we've already yeah exactly so keep it going uh maddie dagan jade carey uh tanya chaplin and all of the amazing oregon state gymnastics team one of our, our favorite gymnastics team in the country what we think is the best gymnastics team in the country by far and hopefully my uh, esteemed co-host come support you in seattle they uh, have oh, yeah. they're within they're just a whisper away and don't have any excuses. I'll be there. Jesus. <laughs> now they don't want you to come, Benny. God damn it. Now you made it weird. <laughs> uh, Oregon State University also has a men's basketball team and people are leaving that men's basketball team. Deshaun Davis gone, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we've got scoops. But uh, we're not we're not going to dig too deep in these scoops. I love the scoops. Bring the scoops because we, we can we can talk about these scoops. Send Keep us your scoops, scoops, even if they're not real, because yeah, we don't need to be. Like, we'll, we'll we'll never give ourselves enough credit to think anyone is actually sending us real scoops anyway. So the just the idea that they could be real. Um, but yeah, uh, this, if they're fake, great. If they're fake, even great. better. Even better. Honestly, we, this is a narrative fiction podcast, which is why like I always tell new <laughs> listeners to start at episode one. You need to know the origin of Chopham. This is like yep. a role playing game. Um, yeah, you can't start Zelda with the most recent Zelda. Are you fucking new here? Um, but Deshaun Davis out. Deshaun Davis out. Yeah, um, I wanted him to stay, but I don't like it's a team that went three and 28. So can you really like look at it and be like, oh, no, I wanted this piece of it to stay the same. Like, but looking back too, you you look at how he kind of took over in that role, and he was a great player for us. And well, I I don't want to like downplay how good he actually was this year, and he came on yeah, really he was strongly. Playing ball. He was playing ball, so props. He let he, he's like the first time leading Oregon State in assists or Pac twelve in assists like since Gary Payton. So. Like the guy balled out, and and I appreciate Deshaun for his contribution to the team and the program. Um, it didn't work out this year, and it was very evident. Uh, and not just like some of the the interviews that 
like Wayne did on on camera, but also off camera for like the Gazette Times, for example, where he made it very clear that there's gonna be some tough decisions about guys leaving, including guys who are key contributors. And Deshaun Davis was that. I mean, he was the epitome of that. Like he was probably the only consistent contributor for the majority of the season due to health or due to playing time, whatever it was. But I, I thought back about this. Um, his his playing time really was the outcome of necessity, if you think about it. And like, yeah, like when, but as a, as a viewer and a fan, as I watched him take over, and I was really excited about him doing so. I kind of felt like he was earning it. But you know, there's some players when they just get their minutes, they just produce, and it's a it's a factor of getting those minutes. And he got them, and in the, in the you look with rose colored lenses at that, like how he got those minutes. You're like, he's working his ass off in practice. He's like a good teammate. He's crushing it in games. And I think that what's happening right now with him leaving is a direct reflection of that maybe not actually being the case, and it being you know getting that playtime out of necessity and. Some guys ball out when they're the only they're the only you know factor on the court, and I think he did that. So while I think it's a bummer to lose him, I think that the numbers are kind of a mirage of what kind of productivity he could bring to a fully healthy and cohesive team. So I, I wish him best of luck. No hard feelings. I hope he feels the same way. But, yeah, uh, I not too. Worried. We're not going to have any hard feelings with anyone who leaves never this team yeah nope for sure yeah um well we'll, it'll be an interesting uh bloody off season for the oregon state men's basketball team i'm sure there'll be more news uh for us to cover uh speaking of men's basketball uh, i don't know if that's the person in the room with you feeding you pizza jp but condolences to your brother-in-law uh, Matt Bauman and his Arizona State Wildcats bear down. I still don't know why they say bear down, but bear <laughs> down nonetheless for the Wildcats. Um, <laughs> I wanted them to win. I was really excited when I saw Gonzaga lose because I was like, most people pick Gonzaga, but I picked Arizona. And then Me 20 too. minutes later, too. the Arizona <laughs> game happened. And I was like, do we all have Arizona? Do we all I have Arizona? Arizona yeah. I had Arizona beating Gonzaga. Me too. I had yeah. Arizona being Duke. And since like – just the whole bracket is far. I think in most of the pools I'm in, everyone has lost their champion for the most part. Yeah, I've lost my entire Final Four. Dude, my kid's got two of his Final Four. What? Who? Kansas is UNC. Oh, and the only other ones he picked right. Gonzaga, which is a good pick, and then he picked Loyola Chicago. I have Kansas. <laughs> yeah, I had I had Duke and I had Kansas, and I, I have Duke. I had Duke beating Purdue. So if Duke wins, I think I, there's my there's one or two like low stakes ones that I could win. But you know what? It's it's just been a fun tournament. So yeah, you got to see uh, Saint the the Shut Peacocks, up, baby. That was so fun. I was sitting next Go to Cox. A dude. I was we're we're in the section of all people cheering for Saint Peter's, and I'm like, obviously, anyone who's here with like no diehard reading interest is just cheering for Saint Peter's. They were all like actual Saint Peter's fans. I was sitting next to a dude, Saint Peter's class of '78. And his son, <laughs> current St. Peter's student, was with was with him, and I I hugged them both, like very tightly after after the game was over. It was so fun to share that moment with them. That's uh, so cool. So shout out to the St. Peter's Peacocks. I, uh, we're recording this uh, after they lost to North Carolina. Uh, just the magic ran out. 
I was, you know, um, this I was exchanging texts with a few people before uh, or during that game where it's like, what happened? I'm like, all their other games were at night, and there's more magic in the moonlight. You know that that sunlight that sunlight came and uh, broke the spell. So, but damn, great, great, great run for uh, the Peacocks. A uh, great run for us in this episode. Thank you again to the one and only Carter Baines, who lives and breathes all things Oregon State sports and is getting a much-needed vacation. So while Carter is uh, relaxing in Greece, you should slide into his DMs and ask him if he's heard anything about JT Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it. Thank you again, Carter. You're, you're a gem and a champ. Um, and uh, obviously, we appreciate the, the insight because, uh, you know, we, we, we love to mess around and just uh, talk about our um, – reactions to the things that we're seeing on screens and reading but uh you know always great to have someone who's in there in person and uh making the type of insight that carter does and no one does it better so thank you again to uh carter baines for being here uh thank you to you jp bertram our, our fearless leader in in wine country celebrating with family still taking the time to make this happen traveling with the crazy. microphone like a professional pot. Do they think you're crazy? They know how fun we have, how much fun we have with this. Yeah. And <laughs> they all listen and follow, so they know how good it is. <laughs> I think this is a great podcast, in my unbiased opinion. You're right. I agree. Exactly. I'm in a weird. This is a weird Marriott. I'm. Gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna say. <laughs> <it. laughs> but I'm glad the internet has not uh, pooped out yet. I thought it was going to. So uh, at JP Bertram on Instagram at the Trill J on Twitter. He's too Trill to be real, but he is real, and we're glad that he is. Uh, and <laughs> as always in Tacoma, Washington, uh, Benny with the good quaff, aka Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Weehage at Benny L nineteen eighty six on your socials and me. Terry Horseman at Terry Horseman on Twitter at Terrence Horseman on my more formal Instagram coming to you for the first time and last time from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I just crushed a yingling and I'm feeling great and I have a flight home in the morning uh, ready to sleep in my own bed. It's been a while. Been, been a week in a have hotel. A safe flight. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you, listener, for tuning in to this 41st episode of the belligerent beefs podcast we've got some shit to announce in the coming weeks uh, i do believe days. we have other days weeks days and weeks days months years decades all of the above uh you know merch, merch stuff uh is coming up uh we're gonna do another we have a very special twitter spaces in the works some more collabs coming um and uh you know thinking about some live events Ooh. Ooh. Did I say too much? Well, it's too late now. Uh, so remember to uh, hit us up at, at BelligeBeeves on Twitter, at BelligerentBeeves, everywhere else uh, for the insane knowledge drops that are coming. But more importantly than that, remember, no matter what, no matter what the word is in Wordle, no matter how hard you try, you can't, you cannot spell chop them without hope. Chop them. Chop them. Chop them. <laughs>